Hello. Tonight, I'm thinking about Beardy Man, NF, and local theater. There's a, a number of local theater companies in this small burg of 55 to 60,000 people. Um, I definitely credit uh, a local uh, university drama. Um, I, I hesitate to say, say drama uh, teacher because he does so much more, but he's also inspired a lot of people to be interested in theater and has sort of started theater festivals. And out of that program and, and a number, number of others, there have sort of become a number of spin-off theater companies, uh, two of which joined together tonight to do a bit of theater outdoors, uh, a sequel to something they did last year, which was outside in a parking lot. Because of all the COVID restrictions, people didn't really feel comfortable being inside in a closed area for theater, but they really felt like theater should happen. Um, and so they put this together. Uh, and called it The Fifth Wall. Well, tonight they did The Fifth Wall 2. Not exactly a direct sequel to what was done last year, although one of the two playwrights um, does kind of set most of his material in, in the same universe, uh, more or less, uh, and he also acts in his own uh, performance, single-person performances. This was outside... In Odell Park, which is a, a massive, sprawling park that sits within the city limits. And uh, off to a different side, I've seen a number of, of local theater um, productions done there. Uh, the uh, the Shakespeare the Summer was done there, which I regret not having a chance to get to. It rained too many nights that I was going to go. And then there was also another production uh, that was there not too long ago. So I, did, I wanted to make sure I didn't miss this one. Two plays, uh, two different playwrights, uh, and they're actually going to take this um, show on the road. They're going to go from here to another population center of Moncton and then back to uh, the hometown of uh, one of the two playwrights, uh, Miramichi, which is the northern part of New Brunswick, um, sprawling, uh, I'll, I'll say rural area, although there's a, there's a fair number of people in the region. And so it was just in a field. Um, nothing particularly spectacular about the field, just a nice open space where they could perform. Mosquitoes were uninvited, but came anyway. And the one of the plays was this one-person play, which was sort of a meta-play. It was a play uh, about someone creating a play and playing a character that may have also been part of the play. And the audience themselves were directly addressed as part of this. I'm always nervous when someone in um, theater addresses the audience and actually kind of expects them to respond. It's a strange thing, and I don't know whether it was because I've watched more TV and movies, and so I don't expect to be part of the performance, or or maybe it goes back to a bit of stage fright where I don't want to be the center of attention, and so I don't really want to be a participant. I, I want to focus on them, or, or maybe it's just I'd rather be passive and, and, and absorb what they're giving me. Whatever it is, there was a little bit of that. Um, but for the most part, it was uh, an interesting delve into an alternate world, really. Uh, an alternate world of what they referred to as Shadow Theater. This was a company called Nasty Shadows Theater Company, which has this... this uh, I, I spoke to the two playwrights a couple of days ago for the, for the lunchbox, the, the radio show I do during the day. 
And so he talked a little bit about this idea that he has this alternate universe. It's a bit of a way to, for him to personally excise his theatrical demons, as well as for the character who was going through this particular spectacular thing. And it's it's very interesting because it's one guy in a field. Uh, he has three uh, boxes painted black, which he moves from different places, stacks on top of each other, or or puts them in different configurations. Uh, he did have a, a blanket down on the ground, I think merely so that when he would sink down to his knees on it, he wouldn't get uh, in the dirt, but also three books, which are actually plays um, by other authors, which both influenced the playwright and the character playwright. And so he, putting them on the blanket allowed them to stand out a little bit. And that was it. At, at, at a couple of points, and I don't know whether this was a part of the play or whether it was a convenient um, gag, essentially, uh, the character goes over to check his notes and explicitly says, I got to go check my notes on something. And it looks as though he might be reading the script, uh, which is quite, again, it could have been worked into it. It didn't happen more in, in than in the first third of it. So that could be getting the sea legs. I don't know. The first performance of this was last night. But it was a really uh, intriguing space that it, it brought us into. And just by movement, just by voice, just by projecting the story, even though in the play, he's explicitly addressing the audience and even pointing to us and expecting us to respond at different points. It still feels as though we have been drawn into the world he's describing. He says this is his room that he's just, that he's uh, built up. And yet he also does refer to the sun going down. Um, the, again, also involving us, the audience, and yet somehow we're the audience inside his own space that he's developed. And I've always liked that magical element of theater. Um, theater is is imagination so much more engagingly than uh, than TV and movies. Don't get me wrong. I love TV and movies, but you only ever really see things one way. There are directors and there are performances and there are shows that try to transcend that. Um, using a lot of theatrical techniques, but the the intrusion of the point of view of the of the camera um, as opposed to your own point of view, I think makes a difference in that. Nonetheless, quite an interesting performance and and uh, something I was I was kind of uh, fortunate to, to make. I was a little bit late, unfortunately, so I missed the the first minute or two of setup. And the second play was two actors, not the playwright. And one of the curious things is they could use the field as a field so they could literally be digging in the dirt uh, and digging a hole while the play is going on, something that wouldn't be possible on stage, just a level of realism that wouldn't be possible. That one, that play was filled with a lot of very interesting, uh, well, not language gags, but but uh, uh, dialogue gags back and forth between the characters that were really quite good. The first half of the play, probably the most stupendous part. Actually, I would say the second third is probably the most stupendous part for all of that because it it took the first third to build up a lot of the scenario and then the second third to pay off a lot of that scenario, really get it. And then the third third uh, is kind of a, a dissolution of the whole thing. Everything comes apart in the third act uh, or the third part. I can't really call them acts, I suppose. But not because everything goes wrong, but in fact, because everything that built up to that point was not true. 
And it was a delightful way to do it. Um, they also, by the way, uh, started the play and ended the play, started by climbing into a car and driving around to the to the other side of the the uh, performance space and ended it by getting back into that car. Although the ending in both plays was a little bit ambiguous. And this is something that I feel um, is kind of funny because you never you don't know necessarily when to stop imagining. Um, there's no curtain that falls. There's no, there's no, um, you know, announcement of the end of the play. There's nothing like that. And in fact, as the first play was over, they were starting to clear away the few things, the three boxes, the, the blanket, the books, the script from the space, and they already had started the car up. And so they were kind of acting impatient. And it was this weird crossover of the two universes briefly as the universes themselves sort of uh, unraveled and re-raveled. And it was, uh, you know, they're very different plays, which is also something I really appreciate. The idea that we can move without changing a lot of things, move to two vastly different universes uh, and and be able to be drawn into them. That's something I've always always felt happy that I could do. I, I have a relatively low bar for, for the relaxation of my my uh my disbelief my my suspension of disbelief so when i go into a movie i lose track of everybody else in the audience um, when i'm brought out of that when i hear someone coughing or laughing or talking or taking a a phone call in a movie theater i'm very annoyed because it is it is it has broken my immersion and i have the same approach when it comes to role playing games both playing and and running but it's it's really strange because in role playing games the artifice is embedded into the middle of the conversation many times you're talking about a particular role or a role result and i'm i'm still finding it difficult to to snap into that mode or snap snap back and forth i guess uh and i and I'm also, you know, I'm I'm not immune to uh, doing it myself, to snapping things out by making jokes or making puns. I will never not pun, I think. Uh, but I, it it is what I am seeking. It is a theater-like experience that I'm seeking. Now, the other things that are on my list tonight are not related necessarily, except marginally. Um, I was, I fell into a YouTube hole as I do very, very often. Um, and particularly fell into a YouTube hole about music. I find that while I have a huge music collection, I already know what that music collection is. I've, well, mostly listen to just about everything I have. At the very least, if I haven't listened to it entirely, then I've listened to part of it. I, I know what to expect. And that's not bad. I, I, again, I have a broad selection of music. I have everything from, uh, you know, heavy metal to new age. I have uh, rock and roll and pop and classic uh, rock. I have a little bit of punk. I have a, a lot of post-rock. You know, there's a, there's a lot of stuff there. Not a lot of rap, uh, to be honest. Because I haven't been able to penetrate uh, into that. Uh, part of the problem is that I can't hear words fast enough. Uh, I've never gravitated to music with lyrics because um, most of the time I can't make out the words properly. So the lyrics, I may enjoy the song, but I do get concerned that the lyrics might be saying something which is contradictory to the song or something I wouldn't want to sing, sing along with. Uh, and so uh, I get very cautious and self-conscious about that. And tonight, the 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 hole went a lot of different directions. Um, there were I happened to end up on a on a 
on a, I, I guess, another form of nerd rap battle. I absolutely adore um, epic rap battles of history. This one was something else. And eventually, it compared two artists, one of which I knew, one of which I didn't. It compared B- Billie Eilish and NF. I'd never heard of NF, so but I have heard of Billie Eilish. I just bought the, the new album. Haven't quite finished the new album. Not quite as grippy as the previous one. Uh, when we fall, uh, where do we go uh, when we fall asleep? No, when, when do we fall asleep? When we fall asleep, where do we go? That's it. Which I, I absolutely adore that, that album. Again, very weird collection of, of music that I have. But it was intriguing because I, there were things that obviously the, the and, and in fact stated by the parody artist, I love both of these. So while they're doing a rap battle dissing of each other, it's, I don't mean any of it. Please don't, don't mean anything. So again, new Billy Eyes didn't know NF. Started looking into, into NF and there's a number of very compelling uh, videos, music videos, proper music videos, which, you know, once we're in art and for a long time languished and of course the the venues for these uh much music in canada or mtv in the states they stopped being um and pushing and 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 prevent uh, provo- promoting uh provoking good videos a long time ago uh, neither channel has anything worth watching i think anymore but now YouTube has served that that purpose um and nf's videos are really quite interesting mini movies NF is a rapper. NF is a a very very fast rapper. Um, the the style I could compare it to is Eminem, who has impressed me with a number of his songs. But I find Eminem to be a little bit too crude a lot of times, and NF is very different. NF is Eminem and Billie Eilish combined uh, in in a lot of different ways, and so I went digging through that. And I would recommend you check out a few of NF's songs. Uh, there's one in particular um, which I can't remember the name of. But it is it is basically a day life day in the in the life of a girl who who wakes up and ends up in a in a uh, gas station with a robbery going on and it's it's beat for beat word for word moment by moment the song is a description of that and it fits perfectly with with the cinematic so I don't know which came first but it's an amazing combination and eventually. As often happens to me, I ended up playing a bit of Beardy Man. Beardy Man is the epitome of theater of music in many ways. Uh, he's also the epitome of spontaneity, uh, but spontaneity with skills, with uh, with tools involved. In other words, it isn't completely making up everything 100% of the time. It's taking the the, the random impulses and the, and the, and the, the sounds it can make with his mouth that, that kind of makes sense combined with tools that to manipulate those and a, a lot of a wide um collection of of beat possibilities of song type possibilities of all of that and an incredible joy um there's something amazing about watching beardy man create the stuff because it is very very clear that he is absolutely loving what he's doing and that that fun, that joy, that playfulness goes into what he does. He's completely and utterly unselfconscious. And I, I haven't seen any other performer which strikes me quite that same level. And that is something, I think that's one of the reasons I'm, I'm, I'm listening. The music is great. I love the kind of very high upbeat, quirky uh, dubstep and, and, and a wide variety of, of sort of dance like uh, electronic music that he ends up creating. But, Watching him do what he does 
both with the fluidity of him of him moving through all of those uh, those tools that he has and being able to manipulate them in real time uh, and create those sounds, and also in the utter joy he takes in 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 doing it. Uh, again, unself-conscious at all. He doesn't seem to have any ego he has. He's actually making fun of any ego. At the, <laughs> it's, it's rather remarkable. So, you know, check out local theater. Theater is something that I I keep wondering where I want to land in my creative spectrum. I've done a number of different little things. I haven't really done a substantial amount of anything. Uh, I've done audio drama. I'd like to do theater for next year. I'd like to have uh, short stories uh, written. I'd like to have a novel written. I've approached all of those. Uh, I don't know where I land in all of that, but these are the things that I watch for inspiration. Local theater, uh, intense, uh, um, well-crafted, well-timed rap in the case of NF, and pure unself-conscious joy of creation and spontaneity and all of that from Beardy Man. And if I could hit the the uh, the speed of delivery of NF, the uh, the uh, spontaneity and and always onward flow of Beardy Man and the cleverness and transcendent uh, storytelling of local theater, then I will have achieved more than my my dreams could hold. And then I'd have to have more dreams because. Frankly, why stop there? I've been wandering out loud. I am Mark the Encaffeinated One. This is episode 1071 of a 30-day challenge. Also episode six of the Dog Days of Podcasting for 2021. Find out about them at dogdaysofpodcasting.com. We're only six days in, which means you're only about seven hours behind in listening. I don't know if I'm exaggerating there. Uh, And you're uh, also welcome to join This is a challenge which has only one purpose, which is do the show as often as you can for 30 days. It has a better rule than that, but honestly, it's meant to be a a, a spur. It's meant to be a chance for you to be spontaneous, to find out what you want to do, and to join a community of supportive people who also want you to do it. So there. If you want to subscribe to this, if you have subscribed to Dog Days of Podcasting, this first week we always tend to, uh, seems to want to make sure we promote ourselves and the thing we're doing. You can find my stuff at encaffeinated.ca, uh, rapidly reducing amount of stuff because I haven't migrated any of my older episodes off to um, do a new storage uh, uh, solution yet, but I will in time. All right, that's it. I shall talk to you again tomorrow.